Hello and welcome to the Podcast Review Podcast. I'm your host, David Elder, an Associate Professor of Writing and Rhetoric at Morningside College. Every week, I review a different podcast for how it could be used in the college classroom. This week, I'm reviewing a podcast that is incredibly fun. I really thought, since it's the end of the semester, that I might just review a comedy podcast and leave it at that and just end with something fun. And I've kind of done that this week, except it turns out that this fun podcast happens to be quite academic as well. This week, I reviewed The Allusionist. Here, I'll let you hear Helen Zaltzman say how you should pronounce that. This is The Allusionist. That's Allusionist with an A, not an I. I can't promise illusions. I can only promise little linguistic adventures for you, the listener. That's right. Allusion, not illusion. It's the literary term, allusion, referring to something. And Helen Zaltzman is an amazing host for this podcast. She's a comedian, and she also has a degree from Oxford where she studied Old and Medieval English. And so she has a lot of history looking at the etymology of words. So she is a comedian, though. This is her second podcast. Her first podcast is called Answer Me This. And it is just a show where people send in questions and she and a friend of hers answer them. They record it in her living room and it's quite funny and it's actually won quite a few awards too. So if you're looking for just a podcast that you want to listen to for comedy purposes, Answer Me This is great. However, The Illusionist started in 2015. And it's part of the Radiotopia network, the same network that 99% Invisible is from that we reviewed last time. She started this in 2015. However, she started answering me this in 2007, so she has been podcasting for a long time. Podcasts didn't really start becoming a thing until about 2005, so she was an early adopter of the form. It's been really interesting to see how these things have grown, and she's taken her Answer Me This, which is kind of an ad hoc, you know, they just answer questions, and turned it more into maybe something in the style that you would hear on an NPR podcast where there's interviews, there's lots of editing, um, and it's just a really interesting show about the history of words. I was first introduced to Helen Zaltzman actually through her brother, Andy Zaltzman, who is a stand-up comedian in Britain, and he hosted one of my favorite political podcasts called The Bugle with John Oliver before John Oliver kind of big-timed him and went off to work for HBO doing Last Week Tonight. The Bugle is back up and running, and the reason I remembered that Helen Zaltzman had a podcast is because she was a guest on The Bugle this week. So I remembered that she had a podcast, and it made me want to look into it more. Now, the Zaltzman family has a long history of being interested in words, as you will hear if you listen to the first episode of the podcast called Ban the Pun. Now, this podcast episode focuses on when China tried to ban puns in their official um, newspapers. And this really set off alarms in the Zaltzman family because Helen and Andy Zaltzman's dad is a punner himself. He supposedly gave a 15-minute-long pun-filled toast at Helen's wedding. Now, her brother, Andy Zaltzman, is no uh, stranger to puns either, 
on the bugle, he will sometimes go on what he calls a pun run, and he will do sometimes 50 puns in a row based around a single theme. On this first episode of The Allusionist band The Pun, you hear a little bit of it where he did 50 dog puns in the span of just a couple minutes. The anguish you can hear in the background belongs to his long-suffering co-bugler, John Oliver. She mastiff had to pinch herself. Concert for dogs, Lou, she said. I know you're avant-garde, but what's the point of that? But Lou Reed soon set her straight. He said, shh, now's uh, the time and a place for complaining. This is a great opportunity for us, dear. I tell you, we can't bass it up. I'll put a band together and whip it into shape. Okay, she said, but make sure it's a cosmopolitan band. Get an English guy on drums and someone from Tehran on rhythm guitars. Hang on, love, I'll just write that down. Pom, Iranian. Anyone else? Yep, for backing vocals, get the lead singer from the influential synth-pop band Kraftwerk and uh, maybe that famous American actress and occasional singer who starred in Moonlighting. Okay, German, Shepherd, And on drums, hang on, interrupted Lou Reed, Dax and Duff. It goes on. So the Zaltzman family is no stranger to wordplay, and Helen is no exception to this. She loves words. She loves looking at why we use certain words, and she really enjoys looking at the ways that words have evolved over time. So if you've listened to this podcast before, you'll know that I listen to about three episodes of a podcast and then uh, try to do my review. Well, last night while I was preparing for the podcast, I just couldn't stop listening and I listened to about six or seven. So there's quite a bunch of different things that she has covered. Um, the, the ones that I listened to were Ban the Pun, which I've talked about already. Another one that was called Detonating the Sea Bomb, which is all about the supposedly most infuriating and vulgar word in the English language, um, which is the sea bomb. Uh, sometimes she just said that the two words that most people don't like end in uck and unt. Sorry, Joel, not quite. So she went over the history of that word and why it is so much more infuriating to United States people who speak English than to the British folks. Um, but and, and how it also has different sort of gradations of nastiness depending on how you use the word. Another episode I listened to was called Step Away, and it's about the history of using step in front of mother or child or father in order to show that someone is related just through a new marriage. And that whole thing evolved over a long time based on a lot of different things. Um, One of the interesting things about that, though, is that step is almost never used, like stepfather is almost never used in any old literature um, to denote an evil person, but stepmother is often used to denote an evil person. Um, Think Cinderella. Another episode I listened to that was really interesting was about the word please and how it is used differently over the pond in the UK than it is here in the United States. In fact, what they found when she was uh, interviewing a couple of linguists is that in the US, we often use please as a way to be rude to someone. For example, if you're sitting in a restaurant and you really want a refill, can I please get a refill? You know, it, it sort of shows that you are annoyed, even though you're using a word that should be very polite. However, 
In the UK, they say please almost to the point of it being annoying. Please, can I have another cup of coffee, please? Can I please help you with something? Even when you're requesting to help someone else, they use please because it's just something that is expected in British etiquette. Another one that I listened to was called The Criminal Allusionist, and it went into how in words surrounding incarceration actually have a huge effect on people's ideas of themselves when they are in the system. Another one that I listened to was about eponyms. So when something is named after someone, so for example, they used a lot of medical terms and how eponyms in medical terms can be quite misleading. For example, Down syndrome was named after someone with the name of Down. However, you could use the actual medical term to describe it. Now, when we use an eponym, it usually tells somebody exactly what that is. I'm guessing almost none of us would understand what Down syndrome was if you tried to use the actual medical term for it. But this is creating problems. For one thing, the eponyms often aren't translatable. So because it's someone's name, it's not easy for someone in another language to use that eponym because it doesn't fit with their language. So going to sort of the standard medical speak is what some people want because it would be easier internationally and also for students to learn how to use these terms because they, instead of having to memorize many, 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 many eponyms, they're able to actually use medical terms. And when you use the medical terms, you can sort of build things off of another and much more easily understand it. So these podcasts sort of go all over. Um, there are so many different types of words that she looks at that you could really use this in any kind of classroom. Now, another thing that she does in the podcast, she always has this one segment that is sponsored where she randomly opens the dictionary and points at a word and gives a word of the day. And I think this is a really fun idea because she doesn't have anything planned. She has to sort of go off the cuff and give us a random word of the day that we can learn. And of the six episodes that I listened to, I don't think I had ever heard any of the words that she used. So you might be thinking, after listening to all this, that this would be a great resource for a linguistics class. And I agree with you. When I was in college, I took a class called History of the English Language. And you'll notice that the acronym there is HELL, and it was. It is a class where we, we looked at how English has evolved over time. And I know that there are classes like this in a lot of English departments and linguistic departments around the country. And this would be an amazing podcast to use for that. There are so many things that in this podcast that talk about how language has evolved over time, how it's different for different countries. And so it would really hammer home some of the ideas of language being a living thing that you learn about in a linguistics class. In my history of the English language class, we all had to give a speech that gave the etymology of a word. And this podcast would be a really good example of that because oftentimes Zaltzman will just go into a lot of detail about a specific word. So instead of having students maybe give a speech over the etymology of a word, you could have them podcast about it. 
interview some people, add in some interesting sound effects and things like that for, for effect. And it would, it would give a, a different type of product than just a normal academic speech would do. It was a really painful experience, in fact, to listen to some of the people give their speeches on the etymology of a word because I went to a small Christian college and the most awkward student in class decided that he was going to give his speech on the etymology of the word fuck. And we're not, we weren't allowed to swear in class there, and so he just thought it was the funniest thing and put way more emphasis on the word than was necessary, and he did a terrible job of giving the history of the word. But anyway, that's an aside that we didn't necessarily need. I think, though, that this could also be a really useful resource in just a lot of different kinds of classes because, you know, words are a part of every discipline, right? We all have words that we use, and we all need to understand those words. So, like I've already described, there was one about mass incarceration. You could use that in any sort of criminal justice class, maybe a psychology class about the criminal mind. Um, There's been one or two about eponyms that focus on medical terminology, and so that could be really useful in any sort of nursing class or any kind of pre-medical class, or even just a biology class where you're talking about anatomy or physiology. There's also just a bunch of ones in here that are all about the differences between U.S. English and the U.K. English. I think that these could be really interesting classes for a first-year seminar type of class because it would help students sort of understand things from a more global perspective, show them that even if English is a language that tons of people use, that there are different ways to use it. So there are so many different types of episodes here that don't that do all focus on etymology and words, but the words connect with so many different different types of disciplines that I can imagine this being a useful podcast in a lot of different places. And that is all for this week's episode. The logo for the show was created by Vaughn Donahue, owner of Destination Graphic. If you have any comments or recommendations for podcasts, you can contact me on Twitter at David E. Elder. A review on iTunes, preferably a good one, is always welcome and helpful. We'll see y'all next week, and even though I said, sorry Joel, maybe next time in the middle... You're welcome, Joel.